Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tie the game, and Rosario lifts it to right field, and deep, and gone a grand slam. Teeing off on the first pitch. Eddie Rosario puts the Twins in front 4-1. to one. And the Twins are back to winning the World Series. Everything is fixed after last night's grand slam by Eddie Rosario. We'll talk about a Twins game like it is a football game here in just a moment. Also, it's an old Tweets Exposed Tuesday but a quick thank you to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. And this is not the year to feel insecure about your insurance company. There's a lot of businesses just struggling to stay open. A lot that have unfortunately had to close. So if you feel like you need just more from your insurance company, if you feel like you need some trusted resources and you need expertise, Federated is here to help you at federatedinsurance.com, where you can find a full list of industries Federated protects and where you can find your local representative. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Dobber, I think, settled in, got very comfortable out there. Uh, felt his pitches out. He was actually getting so much uh, action on the ball today that that that's what appeared to be uh, what was happening. He figured it out. He always seems to, uh, and and was actually rolling really well uh, into the middle of the game. The dabber, the dabber, the dabber came in last night and shut her down as the Twins shut down Ace in this rotation. <laughs> As Declan and I have been telling everyone for the last couple weeks, all good. The dabber comes in last night, gives up one run early, and then goes mostly clean slate the rest of the way. And the dabber now has a three and one record, four starts, a .90 ERA. He has allowed two earned runs in twenty innings pitched so far this season, and in forty eight and a third career major league innings in the regular season. The Dabber has a 1.30 earned run average, and here's what the Dabber said after this masterpiece last night. I'm not really a big fan of starting the game off with four straight balls. Uh, I think I went two to the next guy, too. And he's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but I mean, baseball is just kind of a game of adjustments, and, you know, I kind of talked with Alex in between innings, like trying to figure out, like, you know, a lot of times that when I get sped up a little bit, I'll fly open, and that's what creates a ball going away and down and stuff like that. So, I mean... Just kind of made an adjustment, started to trust my stuff more than good things happen. So breaking a Twins game down like it's a football game, Judd Zolgad. Yes, sir. 
Randy Dobnak, your thoughts. How sustainable is this ace-like performance that he's been rolling with since he entered the major leagues? Let's assume he's going to be good, okay? He's going to regress from this, but let's assume he's going to, to be good. I've got a direct football-to-baseball parallel. I mean as direct as one can possibly get between the 2017 Vikings. You might see where I'm going here. And the I don't know if I, I, don't know if and, I like where and you're the going 2020 now. Twins. No, because 2017 was a fun 13 and three, filled with victory campaign until the Vikings got to uh, Philadelphia to play the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. But you know where I'm seeing parallels here? Because Case Keenum was not a bad quarterback. Case Keenum had a great year. But if Randy Dobnik is going to be asked to be the absolute ace of this twin staff, and ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake, right now that's what he is. Like, there's no, there's no, well, Brios is pitching really well, but look at Dobnik, too. Randy Dobnik is now, he gave you the start after a rough first, in which he still was not bad. But anyway, after a rough first, in which he then calmed down and pitched well and could have kept pitching. I, I think he came out after five. He could have pitched into the six. But anyway, he did not. Um, Randy Dobnik gave you the exact start that I said I wanted from Brios on Sunday, right? Which is the this this losing streak ends on my watch. I'm going to come in, and I might not be perfect, but I'm going to be damn good. Score me a few runs, in this case four, on, on the Rosario Grand Slam. And I will reward you by giving you the type of start that you need to win this baseball game, all right? So Dobnik gave you that start. That's the, that's the stopper. That's the ace stopper start. Um, but I'm going to give you a parallel between this feels like, and this does not preclude the trends from being successful, but this feels very much to me like Case Keenum 2017 Vikings in some ways, in which hmm. in which if Rocco, so let's 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 play a little Rocco as a football coach game here, okay? Let's play a little. Football. Let's take Rocco and make him a football coach for just a second. Because football coaches... <laughs> I'm trying to think of, of who the parallel is. Is he the Cliff Kingsbury? No, you know what? Let's just make him an old school... Let, let's put him in Andy, Zim. Andy let's, put him in, let's put him in Zim's body and brain, okay? Oh. So let's just say he's going to be blunt, which which our guy Rocco will not be. But anyway, um, I'd be curious to hear what Rocco would say about the starting ro- rotation so far and the fact that the Dauber... The is his ace. Mm-hmm. And I think if you did that and made that transition and Baldelli became a football coach, I think you would probably get some of the same things that Zim gave us about Keenum in 2017, which, if you cut through all of it, boiled down to me to, this ain't sustainable. Like, this isn't, this isn't how it's supposed to work necessarily. So, I'm praising the Dauber. The Dauber has done a great job. The Dauber is, without question, good or bad, the Twins ace right now, but if we're going to play the um, baseball is football game. He's it, more Case Keenum than it, he is Tom Brady is it, what you're saying. It, bo- it bothers me a little bit that the people who are supposed to be more skewing towards Russell Wilson or Brady um, or another top-level starting quarterback, those pitchers aren't performing, and now you're asking a guy who was supposed to be Maybe in your rotation, but maybe not to be your ace. That is as baseball as football as I can possibly give you. Um, It's impressive. I don't know it's sustainable, and I don't know it's the path the Twins really want to go down. All right, so this is a a fascinating conversation. I agree that he is more Case Keenum than he is Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, etc., 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 
I, I do not think that Randy Dobnak, despite his ridiculous 1.3, I'm going to repeat this again, a 1.30 earned run average in 48 regular season innings to start his major league career. Mm-hmm. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. In, in, in other parts of the country, like imagine... I mean, remember Fernando Manias before Declan and I were born in the early 80s? 1980. Or uh, we've seen this with, like, um, what's his name? Doc Gooden in the mid-80s where guys just come on and they're just incredible out of the gate. Doc had the stuff, too. Yes. Both those guys kind of tailed off after On and off the field, Doc had the stuff, but he had the stuff. He definitely did. He uh, He had the stuff. He uh, Let's say Doc performed well between the white lines both on and off the field. that's very well put. You could say. Yes, a lot of white lines in uh, Doc Gooden's life. So you see these guys pop up, and if it's New York or Los Angeles, they become phenoms. Matt Harvey, when he came in, now he's the worst pitcher in baseball. I think he's unsigned. If you're great out of the gate and you're in a big market, you're a phenom. If Randy Dobnak were doing this, whether it is sustainable or not, we will get to more of that. If he were pitching for the Dodgers or the Yankees, this would be a national story right now. Oh, my God, who's this guy with the handlebar mustache that used to be an Uber driver with rec specs and uh, like like a family that Skypes in on the broadcast to watch the games? He looks like Kurt Rambis. I mean, he's basically that. He looks like Kurt Rambis. Now, to the question of how sustainable is it, all right? So last year, 2019, wins above replacement starting pitcher leaders, okay? All right. Garrett Cole, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer. Actually, Lance Lynn made this list. Lance Lynn was ridiculous last season he's for still, the Rangers. He's still really good. It's unbelievable. He yeah. He's fatter than ever. And in fairness, Lance Lynn was great with the Cardinals before Tommy John surgery. So this isn't like, like he was excellent in the National yes. League. Then he had arm troubles, came back. So Lance Lynn, I don't know if I'd put him in the Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer conversation long term. But the other guys on this list, Justin Verlander, Steven Strasburg, Shane Bieber, Zach Greinke, okay? okay? Those are the 2019 wins above replacement leaders among starting pitchers. Their strikeout rates per nine innings were 14 for Garrett Cole, 11 per nine for Jake DeGrom, 12 and a half for Scherzer, 12 for Verlander, 11 for Strasburg, 11 for Bieber. Greinke was eight, so Greinke was actually, he used to be a bigger strikeout pitcher. Now he's a little bit older, a little bit more pitch to contact. My point is, of the top starting pitchers in all the baseball last year, all of them were big-time strikeout guys that averaged 13, 14 strikeouts per nine innings in a lot of cases. Randy Dobnak so far this year, a very Nick Blackburn-like four strikeouts per nine innings, okay? Yeah. And last year, it was more like seven. He is in an era of strikeout pitchers and velocity and missing bats. He is the antithesis. He is the 2014 Pistons coming in with no superstar, right? Or he is... You know, think of a defensive-oriented team in the NFL coming in in an offensive era, a little bit like the 2017 Vikings to some extent. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can sustain this level of success just relying on weak contact and your shortstop to make a play. He's got to miss more bats if he's going to perform at this level. Does it mean he he can't be a really good, solid starting pitcher? No, he can be a good, solid starting pitcher. But this is not sustainable to this level, this phenom-level character that we've seen without striking out more batters. So that's my take on it. You also didn't build this team, if you're the Twins, to have him become your ace. Like, it's gravy. It's great. I mean, it's fantastic. Um, And when it comes to uh, pitching, they, again, go go to garage sales, and they find some, and they lose some, and it's fine. Uh, But you didn't build this club. Like, you don't go to spring training or for 2020, I guess, summer camp and say to yourself, here's what we're going to do, the dopper. You do say, 
if if he pitches well, that's fantastic, and he, he will get starts. And and we're certainly not going to look that potential gift horse in the mouth, right? But you do not also say, you know, if Barrios struggles, hey Derek, at that, yeah, Judd, what's up? Hey, if Barrios struggles, Dobber, let's go Dobber. <laughs> I mean, and oh, God, that, that's a great yeah. idea. So so this this is a great story. It's a lot of fun, and you know what? He might be good, and it might be sustained. I don't know about the the sustainability of how he's pitching and if that's going to translate, and I do know he has talked about pitching to contact, which can make lots of people probably at Target Field and Twins fans puke, and that's fine. But all of those things being said, it, fe- it this feels like when you have to send Dobnik out to basically put his fist down and say the losing streak ends, it's not the formula for a team that I see as being super successful. If your goal is to beat the Yankees in a playoff series or go through the Yankees to your goal of winning a World Series, right. if you were to call up the Yankees clubhouse right now, the socially distanced Yankees clubhouse with all those savages that Aaron Boone has crafted and said, all right, guys, what are your thoughts? Randy Dobnak, Twins ace, he's penciled in for game one. <laughs> yes. Those guys would literally laugh and hit seven home runs off of him, right? That's right. my that's my worry. Is it like... yes. Like he's 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 a great story. He's super fun to watch. Go about these little backdoor breaking balls and get these weak contact ground well, balls. Do you think it ain't going to work against Aaron Judge? Do you think the the Eagles defense going into the 2017 conference title game said to themselves, "Oh God, have you seen Keenum? We are in trouble." This, no, they're this like, guy's, bring bring it on. It's Case Keenum. Magic out of the it's pocket. It's Case Keenum. Yeah. Now, if Rios, if Barrios is going great guns and pitching well, I would say a team would be not concerned, but it would be a it, it would be a challenge. To what you're saying, Phil, I don't think the Yankees or a top flight team look at Dominic, watch that film and say I don't know about this one, boys. <laughs> Game one to the Twins. Now, in fairness, okay, sounds like we agree on this topic. Jack Morris is a legendary Hall of Fame pitcher. Jack Morris pitched perhaps the greatest game in World Series history. He is on the Mount Rushmore of clutch Minnesota sports performers, Game 7, 1991. And he's been part of the broadcast the last few nights. And he has gone on many rants about what's wrong with baseball, as he does every time. He even went on a rant last night about like how he doesn't watch much baseball anymore. <laughs> he told Dick, after great. I cover a game, I don't watch any more highlights. I've God. watched enough baseball in my life. Dick basically said, hey, did you see that Rangers game the other night? He was going to set up an anecdote. Yeah. And Jack Morris hijacks it for a minute, talking about how he doesn't watch baseball. Yes. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> yeah. So Jack Morris has spent a lot of the, his time evaluating uh, Randy Dobnak last night on this broadcast, saying... Listen, like I know that velocity is in vogue, and I know why scouts are going for pitchers with velocity, and how strikeouts are this big phenomenon now. But you can you can get it done the way that Randy Dobnak is getting it done: weak contact, get guys to swing early in the count. When you hear Jack Morris say, "Listen, you guys are overrating strikeouts, and and the league is going too far in this direction of hundred mile an hour throwers and strikeouts," there's room for the Randy Dobnaks of the world to also be dominant. Doing it his way. What are your thoughts when you hear that? Blackjack is w- working from a premise of who he was. Okay, so one, I think I think Jack thinks of players and pitchers from a starting point of who Jack was, and Jack was damn good. Um, so here's what I would say: M- my opinion of Dominic doesn't change in 2020, 2015, 1995, or 1984. All right, it's a great story. Does he have a role 
in the rotation full-time? Right now, absolutely. Long-term, I'm not quite sure. But we have all seen the Randy Dominics come, and we have all seen them go. And and both sides of that equation are not a surprise. Where there's a problem here, and I don't think it, it was addressed um, on the Fox telecast last night, partially because they pay the team and are partners with them. Where there's an issue here is if you pull Jack aside and said, okay, Jack, game seven, 91, Atlanta Braves, smoltsy on the hill for the Braves, damn good. I'm going to give you the dauber instead of you. How's the dauber going to do? Jack would be like, that ain't a good matchup, Judd. That's a bad idea. So, so just from, if the expectations, decks for the Twins weren't, high like if they were just a nice team i'd be fine with this right but when the expectations are this high and you see who's supposed to be good and who's supposed to contribute and and go down the line of the fact that this team has really some talent um that's where i that's where i think asking too much of dominic is going to bite you in the ass at a very critical stage i just don't know which one yet declan i i feel like too what what he's trying to say is the Twins, for years, were always in, obviously, the pitch-to-contact philosophy. So you basically had five Randy Dobnek-style pitchers from, what, like 2009 to essentially like 2013-14. Actually, it probably goes back way further yeah, and than even that. Further than that. Actually, wouldn't it be hilarious if they all had handlebar mustaches oh, and, and rec specs? Eric I, Milton. I, I would prefer Kevin Slowly and rec specs, <laughs> 100%. I would have appreciated to start some more. Uh, but I also think if you can have some power pitchers in front, then the guys like Randy Dobnek and the guys who don't strike out a lot of batters are going to be just as effective. I, I hate to use this example, but the Astros, okay, they're, they're pitching staff. Dallas Keuchel for years, yeah, he won a Cy Young in 2015, but in general was the third, fourth horse in that rotation, and he could strike out a few guys, but he wasn't known for striking out batters. He was known for inducing ground balls and weak contact, and those kind of pitchers can exist if the horses in front of you are power pitchers. Now, I think the bigger question is, do the Twins have those power pitchers in front of Randy Dobnek to be successful? Question right, if Rich Hill and Jose Barrios aren't who they are or aren't healthy, then no, they don't. But I think Randy Dobnek can be effective if you had the power pitchers in front. And they do in the bullpen. They definitely have power pitchers out of the bullpen, especially at the back end. And Jacob DeRizzi... I wouldn't classify any of these guys as like power 98 guys, but right. like in terms of strikeout guys, Rich Hill has been able to cultivate strikeout numbers. Oda Rizzi's strikeout numbers have gone up. Um, so, but, but a lot of these guys are, there's question marks about health and whatnot. The best way I can illustrate this for Dobnak, the tightrope that he walks, and it is super fun to watch every time he goes out. But let's compare him to, say, Trevor Bauer this season. So both guys have made, I believe, four starts, and Trevor Bauer has the highest strikeout rate of any pitcher, starting pitcher in baseball this year. So Trevor Bauer strikes out 46% of batters he faces this year. Randy Dobnak strikes out 14% of the batters he faces. Mm -hmm. So out of every 100 batters that comes to the plate, so every, like, three games that you pitch, Randy Dobnak starts with this current strikeout rate. Randy Dobnak starts with 14 automatic outs out of 100, 14% rate. Mm Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer starts with 46 automatic outs if they were to sustain these rates, right? I get that that might change, but so Trevor Bauer is going into a three-game slate with 32 more automatic outs out of 100 than Randy Dobnak. Dobnak needs to find those other 32 outs and then all the other batted ball outs, right? He needs to find those through weak contact and pop-ups and line drives that find gloves or hard ground balls that find 
the shifted second baseman. The ball's in play. You are relying on so many things that are out of your control. Like, is it in your control to get some weak well, contact? Yes. But once that ball passes you by, yeah. you're at the mercy of whether, like, Miguel Sano is going to field it or not, or whether a left and, fielder is going to take the right route or not. Guess where a lot can go wrong, and, and it can prove to be fatal. Game one or two of a three-game series. Like when you in a go, playoff series, playoff series, yeah. But okay. I'm but I'm saying that first round, everything that the Twins think about and their fan base and we talk about and think about should be not in the context of oh the four game win streak is done and thank God because a playoff berth was on the line. No, it's really not. All right, they're going to make the playoffs. Everything that we discuss should be within that context of that first round. How are you going to get through? Because that's where you're going to get bounced. Like, that's where something, you're, you're going to put the dauber out there, and it's going to go weird and, you know, fill to what you're saying. Sano's going to boot a ball, and oh, my God, now you lost 2-1 to one or something like that. So I really think that the entire premise of any discussion about the 2020 Twins in this very odd year should be based around how are you going to get through that first series without something going goofy and how do you take yourself out of position to eliminate as many of those goofy things as possible so yeah and and again full credit randy dobnak deserves full credit for taking full advantage of we're this the same station but, that said just wait keenum's gonna have that game and guess what he did <laughs> yeah. all right but if you were if you had to grade on a scale of one to ten right now your level of comfort game one of a three-game series it's twins and yankees in the first round and it's Randy Dobnak, Twins ace, certified ace. Declan, go ahead. Against, let's say, healthy Garrett Cole. Healthy Garrett Cole, <laughs> well, feeling let's, great. Let's say it's Garrett Cole with one leg gone. <laughs> anyway, Declan. One, What's it, one, one being terrified as if Nick Blackburn at the end of his career was on the mound. <laughs> and 10 being Jack Morris, game 791. Let's get it. A four. I would say, <laughs> that's and totally that's fair. modest. That, that's, that's pretty totally bullish. fair. Yeah, I would say a four. Uh, that would not go over very well. Because, I mean, th- essentially the Yankees paid for Garrett Cole to win game one of a divisional series, obviously assuming he was healthy and over a 162 normal playoff field. But it, it would it would be a four. I need a power pitcher to go up against that. And I, and I, I hate the cliche. We talked about this last year, too, when we were building up the series. I hate the cliche of, well, the game one pitcher and this game one pitcher, they're not facing each other. It's the same time when you talk about quarterback versus quarterback. They're never on the field together, but it's an easy thing to obviously use in sports talk radio, so I get it. But it would not be a good time if Randy Dobnek is starting game one at Yankee Stadium. But it, it's about, I think, ultimately the question is about trust. Who do you? So it's not that they're playing against each other other on the field or on the mound. It's a question of trust, and it's who do you trust. So if you're a Yankees fan and you got Garrett Cole, all right, and you're a Twins fan, and it should be Barrios, but it's not. It's Dobnik. It's not a question of, oh, my God, they're going to be uh, – Dobnik's going to strike out Cole eight times and Cole's going to strike out the Dobber 20 times. It's a question of who do I trust here? And, I mean, come I bet, on. I bet Dobber could strike out I, Garrett Cole. I he doesn't have a lot of strikeouts, but I bet he could strike out he Garrett Cole. He pitched a contact. No, we just get weak ground balls, and unfortunately, that that would be the day that Polanco decides to throw one in, into the 14th row and, and hit an empty seat. There is something hilarious about the fact that the last three or four years, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine have tried to flush this pitch to contact crap out of the organization. I was this too. Get this out. Let's get some guys in here who can blow batters away. Let's turn Tyler Duffy into a monster strikeout reliever. 
let's 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 get Jake Odorizzi to career high strikeout rates. Yes. And, then, and when all said and done, right now, anyways, yes. Randy Dobnak is out there with Scott Diamond strikeout levels as the, the clear cut best starting pitcher for the team. That is so true. I thought the same exact <laughs> thing. God. Like you've worked so hard to be be like he's gone and he's gone and he's gone and Dobber's like I'm still here. I'm still here and I'm pitching contact. It's great, boys. Football. Amazing. All right, so any any last breaking baseball down like football thoughts from last night's When's game? When's the offense going to get righted a little bit more here? I mean, they got four runs last night, correct? All, all on the grand slam by uh, Rosario. But when are we going to see, and, and I saw a stat last night, I believe it was. It's incredible throughout the course of the games, and, and they're what, 16 games in now? 17 games in? 17. 17 games in. Six. It's incredible when you look at the stats, um, how few runs they have scored really between like the fifth and ninth. Mm. Like they score early if they score. And then they just sort of go into a slumber. And then if they get a good starting performance, that guy ordinarily uh, comes out in the fifth or if he is uh, fortunate enough, he's allowed to pitch into the sixth. And the bullpen starts to come in. And that top end bullpen does a really good job. The May, Duffy, Clippard. Uh, does a good job, but I would like to see um, the runs dispersed throughout an entire game a bit more, and I would like to see them score, you know, occasionally nine runs, but they score a bunch of them in the sixth, seventh, eighth. It's just weird. I don't think this is a problem that is unique to the Minnesota Twins. I think if you go, I'm, my guess is the that relievers have fared better than starters. If you go look at like reliever ERA compared and to hitting is ERA down, season. you are not wrong on that. So I think, yeah, if if hitters are clearly a little bit behind because they just haven't faced major league pitching at this at, in the regular season sure. mode for an extra three months, um, and then you're facing flame throwing relievers, I think that's part of it. So yeah, I it, and, and I've seen the some Brewers stats guy too. last night was phenomenal. Was it Peralta? Uh, it was. Yep, it was Peralta. Whew. Yep, and he he went like. Four innings, yeah, four, right? Really Jeez, Rocco would have never allowed that. And was that a handcuff? Is he a starter? Are they like handcuffing two starters together with that? Because that, that be. dude went sixty-one pitches right. as I pull it up right now. Eight strikeouts in four innings. And to Judd's point, they have the Twins have scored fifty-two percent of their runs in innings one through three. <laughs> so I, I, forty-three of their eighty-two runs have come in the first three innings. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think um, I'm checking up Peralta here for one. It's 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 probably just a matter of. Let these guys face some more pitches and see what happens. Now, Eddie Rosario, um, I think Classic. it's safe to say that in the power department, he's gotten it going. So give him credit. But guys that have definitely, like Luis Arise is not the same guy he was, and the worry there would be, has the league sort of figured out where to pitch him? Garver, too. Same, same thing. Yep. And Garver got a night off last night for Alex Avila. My guy Byron Buxton had three strikeouts last night, so he's found the can, I, can I worry again? Football. Sure, go ahead. What's going on with Buxton? Sano didn't play, too. Oh, my God. He's striking out too much. <laughs> Three strikeouts. Unacceptable for Buxton. I am... If I had to rank how I'm concerned about guys, uh, Garver won. Arise, I'm a little bit... I, I put Arise, too, because I don't know. I don't know. Sano is Sano. I'm I, not super worried about Arise, because he... I can't. He, he he makes. He's so great at making contact that he's just yes. going to go through stretches where he hits a bunch of ground balls to the third base. My question so. on him is: if he's been adjusted to, how quickly is he going to deduct what they're doing to him and adjust to that? Which I think I think he will. Football. The Garver one. I'm really curious on the Gar. The Garver one has me super intrigued. Three for thirty-two. Uh, 
Yeah, I am very, very curious to, to see if, if he's going to come back now and have adjusted to what they're trying to do to him or if this is going to be basically a 60-game slog for him. So that is breaking. Declan, do you have one more note on that, or nope. are we done breaking a Twins game down like it's a Judd, football Judd, game? Judd handled it. Judd handled the negativity. You and I are on the positivity. We're fine. Football. It's not negative, and keep in mind, the 2017 Vikings were a fun team. They just blew up in Philadelphia. Yeah. The the Minnesota Twins are a more legitimate franchise than the 2017 they Vikings. They are, but this, the starting pitching has me worried. Also okay. worth noting here, too, the 11-6 and six start by the Minnesota Twins is good enough for, for sure, tops in the division. Just ahead of the surging Detroit Tigers, who've won four straight games in 7 out of 10. The Tigers Starting. were tied for first place until the Twins won last night. The and Tigers won first. Cleveland is now 10-7, and seven, so Cleveland's just one game back of the Twins. <laughs> Did you see what they had to do? Yeah, uh, Clevenger lied about... And Plezak went out with yeah. them? Yeah. <laughs> Plezak got nice caught. Work. Clevenger tried, I think, to hide and not get caught, and then he got caught and they told him both. And by the way... I love it. Congratulations. <laughs> that is the exact right move. If these yahoos can't stay in their damn hotel room, send them home. Get them out of there. I love that. I agree. The Twins have the second best winning percentage in the American League right now behind only the Oakland Athletics, who are 12-5. and five. It's a fun team. Uh, Oakland's four and a half up on the Astros, who are sadly two games under five hundred, seven and nine. It's a lot harder to hit a baseball when you don't know what's coming. And you're starting fights still. Yeah. Those, idiot, those morons are starting fights. Those, those, they, they should take everything they get and not say a word. And they're going on the defensive, yeah, the Astros. Bleep them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, also last night. It is now time to see who the winning team is. Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy the first selection in the 2020 NHL draft belongs to the New York Rangers. So this was clearly rigged. Clearly rigged. This is to the, the I, I, I don't know if it's clearly rigged, but I know that the NHL benefits so much by taking their top American hockey market in terms of size and TV. Yes. Everything. Yes. And putting a franchise-changing player in the middle of it. And they it's got, very fishy. They got uh, the number two pick last year, right? Yes. Capococco was the uh, second pick. Now they get the first pick. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. How could they? It can't be real. Couldn't you argue that if the NHL really wants to take a step forward in television ratings and potential revenue, that it is imperative that the New York Rangers become maybe the best team or the most villainous team that they that they become the New England Patriots, I think there's a huge, 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 huge advantage for the, the NHL's NHL gotten smart. Do I don't know how. I don't know why. It took a pandemic, 2020, all goofy, but they've finally gotten smart. I mean, this is the league that for years had the Edmonton Oilers get the top pick, which made no sense at all. Like you're burying your best players in Western Canada. Why? <laughs> you're right. This is the move. They should do it like Vince McMahon does the WWE draft, where it's like you don't really know who's picking when. You just know that, oh, John Cena's moving to SmackDown. Yeah. This is great. If the NHL announced a draft and it was like, tonight, anyone could go anywhere. Sidney Crosby to the Rangers. What? That's random. So anyway. what does this mean for the Wild now? So they picked number nine instead of number one. Yeah. Um, you know, this was this was the likely outcome. They only had a twelve and a half percent chance to get the number one pick. But what now if you're the wild, now that you know where you're you, drafting? You are taking you are taking and not asking any questions the best center available at nine. And I, I actually looked at the um rankings last night for North American skaters and I wanna say something like 
nine of the top 15 ranked North American skaters are play that position. And so they will take one, Declan. I think there's no question. I think it, it's fine. Um, the ninth pick is okay. Um, and I had about a 2% hope that they were actually going to get the top pick. So I was not surprised. In fact, I almost expected it would be the Maple Leafs, the Rangers, or Pittsburgh to win that thing last night. But I think there's no doubt that they are going to take a center uh, on October, I believe it's ninth when the draft's going to be held. So Corey Pronman of The Athletic did his first mock draft last night on the Wild, and he actually has the Wild taking a goaltender with the ninth overall pick. That seems uh, like a waste of resources. It's it probably a, does. It, they won't and, do and that. And this is what he this is what he wrote up on it too. He He's said good. Minnesota has a lot of organizational needs. I don't think it is. Go, I don't think it is going goalie all the way, but. I see them as a very realistic option for the Wild. Sources around the league think the Wild will need to have a real conversation about Askarov. That's the goalie. The Russian goaltender, yeah. right? Who's uh, supposed to be outstanding. At number nine without a clear goalie of the future. Kapo Kakinen won the goalie of the year in the AHL, but NHL scouts don't consider him a true high-end prospect. But the issue is if you're taking a goal, like goalies are always developmental projects of more than any other position. So no one's going to step in right. and be a goalie within a year one or two. If anything, it's going to be like a three to five year baking period before he's ready to be in the NHL. So uh, unless he's like a clear cut, like you can't miss goaltender prospect, I guess go for it. But for me, I, I'm looking at center because you can patchwork goaltending. And that's why I'm scared of what the Wild are going to do if they truly are going to go out in free agency and get a goalie because it seemed like Bill Guerin is not going to be sticking with Staylock and Dubnik, judging by his comments yesterday. Refuse to give them a vote of confidence. Said our goaltending has to be better. I will look at a ways to improve it. So the writing on the wall is on opening night. There's no way in hell Staylock and Dubnik are your tandem. No and, way. And goaltenders, too, um, ordinarily are not high first-round picks now. Um, goaltenders, I'm, I'm trying to, because, look, when, when you get to, uh, to the playoffs, they're incredibly important. And goaltending, I don't want to diminish the importance of the position itself. But I'm trying to think of the comp in sports. Center is like finding a quarterback, okay? Remember when I told you that goalie was the easiest and least consequential it position be- in all of sports, and we argued for like an but hour on it be- this show? It becomes, it, it becomes <laughs> it's incredibly important, and you can't have a bad one, but you don't allocate your your resources if you're the wild. when it's just clear cut center. It's like an ace starting pitcher, okay? Like they are hard to find, damn near impossible. They don't get traded. They don't hit for, for the most part. The good ones yeah. don't hit the market. Um, goaltending can be filled in. And look, if you get really good, you go find one because once you get to the playoffs to make a successful playoff run, that becomes a position of huge importance. But when you are building like the Wild is, and they are, it's not a rebuild, all right? So I'm not saying they're stripping it down to the studs and starting again. But they are definitely trying to build something back up here. A number one center, which Garen uh, said in his call yesterday, they don't feel, and he's right, they don't feel that they have one in the entire organization, all right? So that player does not exist for that team. It's what they're going to take. If Bill Guerin took a goaltender, I would say he he had been kidnapped and was in grave danger and was <laughs> trying to send us a message to save his life. He ain't taking a goaltender. He'll find one eventually, but uh-uh. They are going to take a center. It, to me, and this applies to any position in sports, which positions are dictating the action most often and which positions are just physically more difficult to find? Like in baseball... It's hard to find guys that can physically play shortstop, nimble, athletic guys with big arms who can throw a ball from the hole all sure. the way over. 
Like those guys are hard to find. So position scarcity matters. Center fielders who can run and range in the NFL, guys who can sit back, play quarterback, survey what the defense is doing, process information quickly, make accurate throws. Yes. You just don't find guys who can physically do those things. Yes. I am not diminishing the physical abilities of goaltenders. You did it one time. But it's easier. I did. But you did it one time. Actually, I am diminishing the physical abilities. Yeah, you basically claim they're fat guys that stop pucks. It is. And not to mention, it's not like the goalie. Kirk Broda has been dead for a long time. Who? Goaltender for the Leafs years ago. Turk Turk was uh, a goaltender for the Leafs. That's fine. Keep going. Was he fat? Yeah. He's a big fat guy. See, it proves my point. He played goal, but it was in the Goldberg, 40s and the, 50s. Goldberg, the goalie, is the greatest fiction goalie of all time. But, and they portrayed him as just a fat guy who eats candy. But Julie okay? the Cat was clearly the better goaltender. It was very obvious in Mighty Ducks uh, that Julie, Julie the, movie, the Cat. Flash in the pan. I'll never I, see that movie. This is not a hot take. In the pan. No, no, no. Julie the Cat was the better goalie. It's Simon. Well, I like the cat. I will fall on my sword. Cat-like reflexes. That's a good name, exactly right. Yeah. Felix Poffin. All right, go but ahead. But like when, when you look at so the large chunk of goalies in the NHL, I'm going to bring some stats into this here. The oh, yeah. The large chunk of goalies in the NHL. And I'm not going to go advanced stats. I'll leave that up to Declan for the hockey writing. Let's take let's take like the top two or three guys off the boards. So let's take Tuka Rask last season was incredible for Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Darcy Kemper was great, apparently. Darcy Kemper. Mess that one up. <laughs> He's still good, by the way. So let's take a couple guys off the very top. The vast majority of goalies' save percentage is between 91 and 92%. Okay? Yes. Sometimes 90%. And so if you take 100 shots, most goalies are going to stop 91 or 92 of them. And it's like that one goal difference over the course of 100 shots, which is usually about three games or so worth of shots. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between some of the best goalies in the world and the worst goalies in the world. And they're not even solely responsible for that save percentage because if you have great infrastructure in front of you, defenseman, system, whatever it is, or if your team just controls the puck more often, then there are fewer shots allowed. There's all these components that go into it. And so I am buying into Declan's theory that get the rest of the roster right first and then, boop, plop a goalie on top of it and voila. They are they are um, easier to find. It's that simple. Yeah. They just are. Centers are damn near impossible. And if you get one, and two, if you get one, uh, Kaprizov, Fiala, and or both can play with that yeah. guy, and it improves them, and then they get uh-huh. better because you can feed Kemper? exactly right. Brody? No, you, no, no, no. You take you take the new guy, and he feeds Kaprizov over to Fiala, and now you go back to Suter, over to Spurgeon. Spurgeon gets off the ice. He's replaced by Dumba. Dumba back to Suter, over Fires. to... Goes wide. And then you got your center, and you can score some goals. <laughs> But Bill, but the, the thing about Billy Guerin is, I trust him, and after his conference call on Monday, I love him. I love this man. Yeah, I feel like great. I feel like he Judd's got, hockey show has a good vibe with Billy does, Guerin. Man. But he got on that conference call, and my God, he was the anti Rocco. He told us everything that sucked. He <laughs> he told he basically, as Dex said, he, he came did. out and said the goaltending was. He he got an. Asked an innocuous question, a good one, relevant but innocuous enough about the goaltending, and went off, and then and then was asked, "But are Staylock and Dubnik the guys to come back next year and rectify the problem?" And he said, "I can't tell you that." What do you think he's going to do this off season now? What do you think? Like what? What? Let me rephrase the question. What do you guys think are the top three things on Bill Guerin's priority list this off season? Whether it is. Kind of a long shot or no? Top, top center. Like trade Parisi. Like what are some – they almost traded Parisi. Almost did. Last year. Top center. He wants to find one. 
because he knows he has to. To win, you oh, have to. In addition to drafting at number nine, you're saying no, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying his top goal right now is to take that pick. And I look, I'm not going to be shocked because I think he's a savvy guy. I'm not going to be completely shocked, Dex, mm-hmm. if he tries to move up. He could if well, he tries to move up. The the biggest factor here is if Pittsburgh doesn't defer or not. Because if the Wild have two, then it's I think it's a foregone conclusion. Seven days, right? Move up. Yeah, they have they have till next right. Monday to decide if they want to keep that pick or give it to Minnesota. Um, but as far as guys gone, hold on a second here. I got a whole n- notebook page about this. Here we go. Oh, Classic yeah. Judd Hart yep. notes. Here we go. Guys who are going to be gone. Miko, it's been fun. You got no chance to come. Does back. Does he have a year left, or is his contract extended? It's it's up. It's up. And and Garrett was asked about him on the call yesterday. And gave gave the old. Uh, I'm not prepared to talk about that yet. Which means, but I'm fully prepared which to means savage gone, my goalies. Yes, which yes. Means, right, right, right. Yes. But 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 when but when comment <laughs> but when comment guy goes no comment about a veteran player. That means said vet gone. No chance to come for back. sure. Because you don't want to like Mika Koivu is no one, of the, one of the greatest players in franchise history, and he respects sure. that. You don't want to crap on him. But yeah. but like if there was a a three percent chance that Koivu was going to come back to this team, he would have said, "Yeah, no, we're going to talk about that." And there's a you know what? Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Man, who could have foreseen Miko Koivu dropping off the cliff at age thirty six? Wow, what a wild what a wild well, thing to have predicted oh, that was a good. few years ago. Pun intended. And well. Chuck Fletcher, you gave him what? A two year contract? No move again? I mean, what were you Six thinking? Six million per? Like, yeah. Doom Nick's gone. I, I think Staylock's back. So. As the backup. I think Doom Nick's got another gone. year left, though, right? Yeah. So, but he, but the, the kicker is, is his base salary is lower than his normal cap hit. So the, the buyout is actually not as significant as it was yep. if it would have been bought out this year. If you buy him out, how much ca- Like, do you save all you, of the cap space, no. or do you still have to eat? No, you but it's not that much. Okay, yeah, it's not that much. You wouldn't eat that so much. So NHL contracts are a little bit more like football contracts because you've got the base salaries and the cap hits can yeah. be sort of different, right? Yes, exactly so right. Okay, Dubnik's gone. Parisi's gone. He's going to try and trade him now. Now the problem is with the cap in the league staying flat for at least one more season, if not two, because of the pandemic. Trading Parisi contractually is going to get tougher, but Parisi. There's no question waived his no no move clause and could have gone to New York, and that fell through. But Parisi wants to win. Suter wants to stay. Okay, Ryan's whole thing is we. I'm not moving. I'm staying here. If we are first and win the cup, great. If we're thirtieth, that's fine too. How is it fair to say that of those three, between Miko, so the guys who are like thirty five, thirty six, so yes. Miko, uh, Ryan Suter, and Zach Parisi, that. Ryan Suter is the best of those three. Yes, he's still the best. Yeah, it it, it also depends how severe that that ankle injury that he suffered again was. It's not, it didn't it didn't sound like it was the same injury he had that required surgery two years ago, but it, it is in the it's the same leg, so it is something to cause for concern. But he's the best player of that group, and, it, and it's not close. Correct. Galchenyuk is gone, and I am so <laughs> happy that he showed who he he was in those four games because he was playing. You know what? Dino gave him a little bit of a boost, and he played center, and he played yeah. pretty well. And on March 12th, I started to think, can this guy play? Well, you know what? Four games against the Canucks. Answer that question. It's no. Mm-hmm. And I also think, and we, we talked about this on the uh, Jets hockey show that we did after the loss on Friday night. I also think Greenway and or Donato might get included in a package of a trade. Um, They're the sweetener. What, yeah. yeah. What, one of them, I think, is gone for sure. And, and my guess is it's probably... Donato based on, on the fact that he just they just don't trust him. 
But Greenway, to Dex's point, too, has shown enough now of I'm engaged for this game, and now I'm not engaged, and now I'm not engaged, and yeah. now I'm back, and so, that gets to be really frustrating with a player like that. Well, let me ask you guys this yeah. about if, if you're clearing out, if, if you're right, let's say you're right about Koivu gone, Parisi gone, for sure, those two guys. Parisi. So, and now you're looking at, okay, there are spots to be filled here. I mean, there are chunks of ice time on a nightly basis to be fought over, and it's presumably going to be younger guys that are given more opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I feel like sometimes in hockey, if you just give, you can't just give anyone an opportunity, but if you give guys who are even like Jason Zucker level talent and, and can skate a little bit, give that guy 17 to 20 minutes of ice time. You might score 30 goals. Yeah, Vegas Golden Knights are a great example. When they went in their first year, they go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and all of a sudden they've got Eric Howell scoring 30 goals. Not because he's this incredible top-end player, but because, hey, dude, uh, you're a top-six forward, and you're going to skate for almost 20 minutes a night. Or was it um, – who's the guy that scored like 40 goals that season out of nowhere? He Marshall? Um, oh, Carlson. Oh, William Carlson. William Carlson. William Carlson. William Carlson. Wild Bill, we call him. Comes out of nowhere, mid-20s, Yep. comes in through the expansion draft, and they just give a guy yep. who didn't get any ice time right. with his previous team ice time. Um, could that happen for some guys? Hey, Parisi's gone, and uh, and Koivu's gone, and a couple other guys are gone. So here's 17 minutes of ice time every yep. night. Go score 25 goals. Like, who could that be? I, to me, it's it's probably someone like Luke Cunning. Judd and I were talking about the young players that probably played the best over this four-game sample size, and it's, it's Cunning. I think Cunning is pretty much... What his ceiling is, is is like a diet Zach Parisi. Like, he's not a flashy player. He doesn't have a great shot, but he skates really well. He's not afraid to get in front of the net. He can clean up garbage in front of the net. And he's got a lot of good leadership qualities in him, too. And I think he's probably going to be someone, if they are going to uh, trim out this roster and trim off the fat a little bit, he's probably going to be someone that will play 16 to 17 minutes a night. Eck, um, the, the problem with Eck is I think he's a very reliable forward. He's very sound defensively, but I just don't think that they can figure out a way to get him a top six role while also still expecting to be an offensive-based player. And that's the tough thing that they're going to have to figure out because they, they just don't have any true centers. That's why I'm, I'm not as down on Galchenyuk as Judd is. There's no such thing, in my opinion, in sports as a bad one-year contract. If they want to give Galchenyuk one year, $5 million, $4 million, I'm not going to bark at it because it's a one-year deal. And he could even be moved by the deadline. So, I, But you have to figure out which young players can take the next step. And to me, I would part with Greenway and I would give a big elevated role to cut in. I don't think there's any way that Bill Guerin, a captain type, played a long time, worked his ass off, is going to look at Galchaniak and sign off on that guy. That guy is a... This is one sport where what, what takes place off the ice is actually important, and the room, and... I mean, this team is... One thing that Guerin's going to do, and I think actively is trying to do is clean up that room and get it to be different. And, and it's why Koivu can't come back. And, and this is not a, an indictment against who he is, but he's been the captain forever. Like, they talk about changing it, right, and taking steps, and we need to be better, and, and, and it needs to change. Well, then there's definitely dynamics on the ice that have to change, but equally as important is what goes on behind the scenes. And bringing back Koivu is basically putting a stamp on, I was okay with last year. Yeah. And it's and you're not. Um, last thing on this though, Paul Fenton. All right, Paul Fenton is going to to go down now. In his defense, the Fiala trade's a great trade. It was an absolute steal. I don't care how much you like Gronlund. I don't care how, how much you you think that Gronlund was great. Fiala is a budding superstar, right? But Paul Fenton is going to go down, known as the guy that made the 
Nino for Rask trade. And Rask is going to be bought out, and he's awful, and that trade is terrible, all right? But but Paul Fenton, not even close to your worst move. Matt Zuccarello on a five-year, $30 million contract, Phil Mackey, that has the first three years of no move, no move. So he would have to waive that. And, and now he's so bad, if he comes to me and waives it, I still probably can't trade him. The Matt's Zuccarello contract is the Timberwolves albatross deal. There needs to be a new rule in place. There needs to be, I don't know what the deal is with Craig Leopold not learning his lesson as the owner of the franchise and just like, hey, uh, whoever the general manager may be at any given time. Right. Anyone over the age of 30, you need to strongly convince me that this guy deserves a four or a five year contract. Yeah. Look where some of these terrible contracts have put the franchise. It's not that they're garbage or that they're, you know, that they're only winning 20 games or something. It's that. Those contracts, more often than not, put you in a no-man's land where you can't draft high enough and you can't win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. That would be my number one reason and for just not locking up a 31- or 32-year-old player. Or in the case of some of these other guys, like a, a, like Koivu was 34 when they signed him to that last contract. Yeah. So, But, but why would you purposely, why do you go to the edge of the cliff and start to sign guys who have one foot off said cliff. That's what I don't get. It is weird. That's what I don't get. And, and here's the thing. So here's the indictment, though. The biggest indictment of the Wild franchise on the Zuccarello contract is this one, okay? Fenton signed him, and my understanding of that contract is no one else in the league was going to do that, all right? So nobody else was going. I think the most he got before that was from teams was three years, which, okay, I get that one. Fenton came around and blew teams away with five years, all right? But here's the indictment of Leopold and the franchise. That contract is signed in July of 2019, right? You fired Paul Fenton in late July. Paul Fenton signed Zuccarello to that contract to try and preserve his own job because he thought it's a veteran guy, it's a splash uh, type of move by me. It's going to help me, right? If you know, and don't tell me three weeks before that contract is signed that you don't know, you know what? I might fire this guy. How on God's green earth is weird. do you allow Paul Fenton to make that move and not say, you know what, Paul, um, can't really talk about this right now because I might fire you, but um, let's not do that contract. That's an no, awkward conversation, but it has to be had, yes, right? It's sports. Of what course it, it does. No, no, no. We got to get it done now. We got to get it now. No, no. No, uh, no we really don't. No, I got to go oh, dinner. We're in a hiring freeze. I'm, but we just hired a new graphic designer. Uh, uh, don't ask questions. I, I got plans. <laughs> I got plans. I can't do it. But how do you let that contract get signed? It is pretty bad. bad. Yeah. The list of the list of bad over the age of 30 contracts uh, in general in hockey, I think if there's any doubt at all and the guy is over the age of 31, don't sign him. Hockey players, speed starts to decrease after like 25, unless they are just wickedly skilled and savvy, especially if they're forwards. Like defensemen, okay, speed's not as as relevant. Ryan Suter's going to get by on hands and instincts. And and positional, right? I agree. If you're a forward. Hockey whisperer, yes. Let me over here. No, you're exactly right. I think you're 1,000% right. Mackie's hockey show. But you're going to fire the man. (laughs) You're going to fire the man, and you still signed off on him signing a contract that you should have known had the potential to cripple you. Yep. So that's us also breaking down the while losing the draft lottery like a football, football game, game here on Maggie and Judd football. podcast. 
Before we jump into some old tweets exposed, just a quick note that uh, we are open for business here as you guys, business owners, are open for business. We have open availability if you want to advertise your business on Mackie and Judd or Purple Daily, either the podcast on AM 1500 radio or on the Score North YouTube channel, which has blossomed into uh, one of the top local sports radio slash content YouTube channels in the country, uh, mostly Viking channels. But if you have a business, if you are a friend of the show, if you listen to us and you want to get the word out about your business, uh, send me an email pmackie at hbi.com or pmackie at scorenorth.com is probably the better one to remember. And uh, and we can get you advertising rates, et cetera. But you can help our show by, uh, if you're on the fence about uh, what you should do to spread the word about your business, we would love to help you out. We'd love to partner with you, and we'd love to make you part of the Mackie and Judd family of advertisers. And so uh, let us know. But without further ado, Declan Goff goes back into the archives. Judd and I have been tweeting since 2009. A lot of regrettable tweets. Probably more for me than Judd. Judd's a little bit more measured when he tweets things. Yeah, good for you, Judd. He doesn't just throw stuff out there that is likely to be spiked back in his face. <laughs> uh, Declan Goff does all the time. All the time. And that's where we dive in here to old tweets exposed. Okay, what have you ready? found this week here? Oh, all right, yeah. Mr. Zolgay, we're starting with you. Okay. Another wiggy, treat, uh, wiggy tweet for you. Oh, man. Uh, oh, God, this is awful. Watching this is Wiggins. another good one. Flash, yes, like he is tonight, is very cool. Remember, oh, Madonna oh, doing this early with the North Star. You got me. You got me. You man, remember stuff like man this. Down. You compared Andrew Wiggins man to your pet Madonna. What the hell is wrong with you, Judd? Shut it down. Mackie just got done saying that I have measured tweets. Oh, my God. What a find. The segment is over. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You know what we found out? God. Wiggy was my kryptonite, boys. Shut it down. Wiggy was my kryptonite. Oh, my is, God. To this point, oh, this is, awful. is this the most epic old tweet that we have exposed to this point, two months into this segment? It's got to be. This is pretty high up. It's there. good. This, might, up this might take yeah, the I'd cake, like to, man. Dex, wow, so proud. This is good work. Elaborate on this. So you were watching the Timberwolves game, some, some random Wolves game in late January 2015. I must have been incredibly intoxicated. And Mike Madano is one of the greatest I, players I in NHL history. no recollection of this, but I must have been intoxicated. I you, must have been eight surlies in. You saw, can we time, can you click on this so we can get the timestamp? Yeah. Was this a West Coast game <laughs> at like hilarious if it was like 1, 1 11 a.m. Let's see here. Please be a West Coast game. 8.47 p.m.? No, it's not a West Coast game. It's pretty late, though. This is second half. This is like second half Hold of a game a at Target Center. Hold on. No, no. In fact, I'm going to go look, look at who, this. Who are the seven people that like this? It's 2000. Let's expose those people, too. So, that, wait, this is 2014, 15? Or 2000? Yeah, 14, 15, Aren't right? Are you upset that Wiggins got up for this game like he did the previous Cavs game? That boy is going to be a star. That was fun to watch last night. <laughs> I think Bulls that guy was, I mean, the guy was mocking. Okay, hold on a second. What else do people say here? <laughs> Love, Love the Madonna, the Madonna reference. reference. There it is. Can't think... forget Madonna flying around the Met Center in the late early 90s. Hold on a second here. I'm going to this Wolves schedule. It's 2014-15, right? That season? Yes. It, yes. It's January. January 2015. It's January 31st. Okay, hold on a second. When the Cavs were in town. Hold on. Um, it, wa- it was a home game. 
It was a home game. Look at people reminiscing about my It was January 31st, 2015. The Wolves lost 106 to 90. Hold on. I'm going to call up the box score. I'm going to tell you guys what I saw that made me go absolutely crazy and tweet something so stupid. Spoiler alert. He probably pulled up from 18 feet and made one of the six attempts. Okay. Wiggy that night. 43 minutes, 14 to 25 on the field, three of, three of four on threes. That's one of his most efficient games of all time, then. 14 of 25 from the field. Three of four on three-pointers, um, two of three from the line, and he scored 33 points. So this was a quote-unquote motivation game for him. And who they play four, The Cavs. Four, okay, steal, yeah. four steals. And so, okay, hold on a second, just quickly. He had 33 points in this game. That would have been Le- LeBron would have been LeBron at 36. Oh, dueling with in LeBron. In 39, he did. He dueled with LeBron. Didn't he reject LeBron in one of these? I'm pretty sure he rejected And Kevin LeBron Love had 14. Amazing. Okay, that, Declan. Yeah. Good work. Gold. That is gold. That is awful, but that's great work by you. I don't know how we can top that. He just embar- I'm, I'm totally embarrassed. <laughs> Actually, if you go back and find Twins tweets. Yeah, there it is. Ah! <laughs> Mine oh! piggybacks off this, too. So. Oh, Phil Mackey on July second, twenty fifteen. The same month. The same month. This take. Uh, no, 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 it was same Jan- year. January same, got it. Okay. Yeah, year. it was July. Kyle Gibson is a damn good pitcher. Wow. He has figured out how to get a few extra Ks lately too. Now the first sentence is pretty damning. Maybe he did figure out some strikeouts, but uh, Kyle Gibson is a damn good pitcher. All right, let's go see. Let's, let's go, go see. see what you going to his box card? Okay, game you going to his box card? Two thousand fifteen, July second, two thousand fifteen. Know what happened here? Nine twenty-seven p.m. So this is this you, is probably a home. You were game. probably a few in. July second. Oh, this is yeah, right around Fourth of July weekend. A few Almost mixed drinks. Certainly was drinking. I, I drank a lot of like whiskey diet cokes in two thousand fifteen. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he was playing the the was Kansas sh- City Royals when the sh- Royals were still relevant. He was shoving. Oh, the yeah, Royals were good then. Eight innings, no runs, seven strikeouts, and eight in eight innings. And he he did walk four in that game. That's okay. And he was coming off of a couple pretty good starts. So at that point, oh my god, at that point, so we're halfway through the 2015 season. Kyle Gibson had a 3.04 ERA. Okay. In July of 2015. And he lowered it to 2.85 on July 12th of that year, and then he mostly just got his ass kicked. <laughs> I was going to say, don't try, don't try and exonerate yourself. August 6th, that Toronto eight earned runs. No sense in trying to uh, duck this. This is a, another awesome find by Declan at Yankees six earned runs. So, in fairness, I tweeted oh, this. I tweeted this basically at the, your sword, at the man. peak of Kyle Gibson's career. Okay? Yeah, well, Good guess what I did? Peak of his career. Wiggy was at the peak of his performances against the Cavaliers too. <laughs> Oh, All right, God. I want to see this one now because Dude. I saw your tweet last night, Dex, that you had found one that was basically going to incriminate you beyond belief. Oh, it's not good. It's really not good. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, January 30th, 2013, oh, no. a 2014 oh, rotation of Alex Meyer, <laughs> oh, my God. Vance Worley, Scott Diamond, oh, my God. Trevor May, and Kyle Gibson sounds excellent, <laughs> but probably not likely. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. oh, can we par- oh can we parcel God. these out oh and rank them? At three twenty-one oh. a.m. Well, at least you were bleep faced. So this is this is the this is in the middle of the Twins had made a trade at this point, probably two thousand thirteen. Did they make it? Was that the yeah. offseason they traded for Vance Worley? Yeah, oh, Alex yeah. Gibson. Or, I'm sorry, Alex, Alex Meyer. Alex yes, Gibson. Both of them. You just combined. You just combined. Yeah, Kyle just traded for both Meyer. of them. Okay, let's go through these. So Alex Meyer couldn't repeat his delivery, had injuries, and oh, then just did nothing mess. in the major leagues. Blame the Twins, too, by the way. Vance Worley had a couple good years with the Pirates, then had a pretty good year with the 
or I'm sorry, with the Phillies, then a pretty good year with the Pirates around his time with the Twins. Worthless. Scott Diamond was the best Twins pitcher in 2012. Okay. So you had that, you had that right. in your mind, right? Yeah. Trevor May's become a good, reliable reliever. Right, but he never could Kyle find Gibson's it as a starter. Ma- and Kyle Gibson's made a lot of money. Kyle Gibson's Sounds made a lot excellent. of money. Sounds excellent. Okay, let's rank these three. Because, I mean, these, these are <laughs> three cow, epic dude. tweets. <laughs> this is your best job, Dex. Like, you just found three. They're not like, oh, yeah, that's sort of f- funny. They are incriminating. You found three incriminating I say, tweets. I think I, I think, think I win. I actually think Declan might win. <laughs> wow. Yours is incredible. <laughs> actually, you know what? You compared... You compare Wiggins to one of the greatest hockey right. players. Of if all I time. didn't do that, I'd say Declan wins for sure, hands all right. down. Yeah, no, it's probably Judd. It's Judd. Well, mine's third yeah. and still terrible. It's still terrible. Yeah. By default. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yours is the least egregious. It's between Declan and me, and I don't know. I think it's yeah. You. I think I win you. because I compared. <sighs> I compared my guy. Wiggy to a Hall and of Not famer. only did you compare him, you then went the extra step of like reminiscing, and then yeah. people in people re- replying to the tweet yeah. were like, "Oh, I remember." Madonna's jersey it's, blowing I in the air. My, I embarrassed myself. Blowing in the wind with I, that North Star's jersey inside the yeah. mat. I long for those days, and Wiggins is going to give those days back to me. I embarrassed myself. <laughs> oh, God. Way to go. So I, yeah. I saw yes. your Kyle Gibson. You earned your money, Dex. And I knew that, well, I know old Declan has a Kyle Gibson take or two Just in up the his sleeve, ready to go. Oh, so man. there it is. That's old I'm tweets exposed I'm supposed to know here. better, though. And I compared Wiggins to Madonna. I'm, Mike, I'd like to apologize to you, first of all. Boy. If you check out the podcast, Mike Madonna, I'd like to apologize to you for this. Boy, should have brought that up when we when we did uh, Minnesota Sports Rewind with Mike Madonna. How do you feel that this man put Andrew yeah. Wiggins in the same sentence I, as you? I think he was I drinking some whiskey you. diets during that episode. I too. libeled Mike Madonna. Yeah, well, he was great on that one. So uh, anyhow, that's a wrap on today's Mackie and Judd show. Tomorrow, write that down Wednesday. And don't forget Action Movie Rewind on Friday, uh, your chance to catch up. What movie are we reviewing on Friday? John Wick. John Wick. I got it. right. I went back on Saturday and watched Fast and Furious, the fourth one, the next installment after one. It's okay. Not as good as the not as good okay. as the first one. But Is there it, a, what's the we should do another Fast and the Furious yeah. one at some point. Which one should we do? I, I haven't seen any of that's why I, I, I was like, Well, I'm gonna do all these. I'm gonna do all of them. So I did four. Okay. So that's, that's Fast and Furious is four, and it's the first of the continuing stories from one, because two and three are one-offs. I feel like Fast Five is the one that everyone talks about. Yeah, and that's that'd be the next in the queue for me. So when when did they start to jump cars from, like, buildings and airplanes? I think Fast Five. I think. I just see, I have seen the uh, clips, and it's very interesting. That seems actually, dangerous. Seems dangerous. Well, I mean, you're going from basically road racing, which I completely get and is plausible, to... um. I believe jumping cars from airplanes and somehow putting a parachute winning on the car. Winning is winning, baby. Thanks. Winning is winning. Thanks, Vin. <laughs> Enjoy Corona for me, Vin. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Don't forget about our daily Vikings podcast as well, Purple Daily, on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and youtube.com slash scorenorth. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.